Well, good morning, Reach Life Church. Let me begin by saying that this is really strange because normally we're in this facility together and I get to see your faces when I'm preaching, but today it's just me and Boaz and, and me standing in front of a tripod and a camera with a lens. And so it's, for me, it's really strange this morning. And I really, you know, right now I wish that we could all be together. But I want you to know that you've been on my heart and you've been on my mind this week. And I've gone through the, the list of our covenant members and also I've gone through the list of our regular attenders on several occasions. As a matter of fact, before we began filming, uh, me and Boaz sat down with that list and we went through everybody's name and, and pointed where each person usually sits in their chair in this building. And I just want you to know that, that I've been reminded that we have a great church family. And I thank God for each of you. I've been thanking God for each of you by name. And though, you know, this morning we can't be together physically, I praise God that we're able to keep in touch through the means of technology. And I want you to know that right now we're working on ways to help keep us connected through web-based technology for this upcoming season. We plan this week to have missional communities together online. So be looking in your emails for more information on how we're going to do that. But I just, I just want you to know that I really wish that you were here right now. And when I was young, you know, I used to think that this world that we're living in was a safe and wonderful place to be. I think that that is how many of us start out our lives that way. But then as we start to live and have experiences, as we get older and begin to mature, we start seeing that this world has its problems. And I can remember as a kid in the 70s, being in the middle of what was called the Cold War. There was this extended period between the 1940s, mid-1940s to the early 90s when the United States and the former Soviet Union were engaged in this nuclear arms race. And I can remember hearing President Reagan talking about the Star Wars defense program. And there was always, there always seemed to be this threat that at any moment, either country could, the leaders of either country could go into this room. And for some reason, I don't know why I thought it was a red button. I may have seen a, a movie on it, but there's always this red button that the leaders could go and press and they could launch a nuclear bomb and the world would end. And it's, it was during that time as a child that I began realizing that something was wrong with the world that we live in, that there is something that is really broken. broken. And you know, we're living in a kingdom, and I don't think I have to convince anyone of this, but we are living in a kingdom that can be easily shaken. And if you think about it, this entire world that we're living in is being shut down, not by a dominating military army, but rather by the threat of an invisible microscopic virus. And I want, you, I want to make sure you understand that I'm not making light of this. Earlier this week, I shared how we need to make sure that we are walking in wisdom and we need to listen to and work with our government and leaders and submit to what they're asking us to do. 
this is, we, we really are in a, a time of uh, instability. And the point that I'm making right now is that how unstable and vulnerable the kingdom of this world is that we're living in. But Jesus speaks to his disciples of another kingdom. And he's, he talks about a, a kingdom whose foundation is rock solid and immovable. It's a safe place. It's where every child longs to grow up. It's the kingdom of God. And as we're learning to pray, Jesus teaches his disciples to actually pray about this kingdom, the kingdom that I'm talking about. And the last time we were together, if you remember, and it's been such a, a long time, but the last time we were together, we were in Matthew 6, verse 9. And we learned that as we begin praying, that Jesus wants us to understand not only how to pray, but he also wants us to understand who we are praying to. So he teaches us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What Jesus is teaching us is that God is our Father, that He loves us, that He cares about us, and that He rules over everything. And He also is teaching us that He's holy. He's infinitely awesome and unlike anything or anyone in all creation. And so we can humbly and confidently come to Him as Father and as Holy God. That's, that's verse 9. And then in verse 10, Jesus teaches us to pray about the kingdom. He says, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I have a question. What is God's kingdom? Well, simply put, the kingdom of God is wherever God is reigning. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is ruling. And so the kingdom of God to say it another way, is wherever God's will is being done without resistance. And you know, right now in heaven, there is no resistance to God's will. When He commands the angels, they don't resist Him. They don't question Him. They don't roll their eyes and ask, why? I can remember when I was first learning to build houses years ago, when I was wet behind the ears, a guy named Bill Roberts and his son Will, they were training me, and they gave me a, a tape measure. And back then, I didn't even know how to use one. I didn't know what sixteenths were, what eighths were, what quarter inches were, and I didn't know what lumber sizes were. I didn't know what a two-by-four was or a two-by-six, and I didn't even know how to carry one. But for some reason, even though I didn't know anything about building, Whenever they would tell me to do something, sometimes I would question, I would question their wisdom. But in heaven, the angels don't do that because they joyfully execute God's will and they fully trust Him. And wherever God reigns, wherever God reigns without resistance, there is eternal life, there is eternal safety, there is eternal stability and eternal certainty. And isn't that what we are looking for right now? We're looking for safety, we're looking for stability, and we're, we're looking for certainty. Also, in the kingdom of God, we need to know that the economy there is recession-proof. And it is so stable and prosperous 
that the streets there, it says in the Word of God, the street there is made of pure gold. Also, there are no viruses there. There's no social distancing or quarantines or job layoffs. And the government, the government and the kingdom of God is totally united and loves each other. And no one there ever gets sick or dies in the kingdom of heaven. And the question I want us to ask is why? Why is it like that? Well, it's because God's will is being done in heaven and he rules without any opposition. And whenever God rules without opposition, there is always life and there's always joy and there's always hope and stability. That's, that's what happens when God is glorified. And so that's why we want to pray, your kingdom come. And when we pray that way, we are praying according to God's will. We need to understand that. When we, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying according to God's will. And 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says this, And this is the confidence that we have toward God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. And we want God to reign on the earth just as He does in heaven. And that's why we pray, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in the kingdom of God, there, it comes to the earth in two stages or two phases. And phase one has already happened. And that happened when Jesus came to the earth the first time. When, he, when the king took on flesh and became a man and he demonstrated his love by dying. He died for his people. And when he came the first time, he came to conquer. He came to conquer us, not by force, not with the sword and not with wrath and intimidation. But rather, he came riding on a donkey and proclaiming good news. The good news that God loves us and that he desires to make peace with us. And you know, like the coronavirus, the kingdom of heaven is invisible. It's, it's like a mustard seed that's hidden and growing and ruling in the hearts of those who believe and have been conquered by the love of the King from heaven. So the kingdom of God already resides on earth, but it's hidden in the hearts of God's people. And now, since phase one is done, we are praying for phase two, your kingdom come. And when we're praying your kingdom come, we're actually praying for two things. Number one, we're praying that Jesus will return to earth a second time. When he will return for his bride, for, that's us, the church, and he will bring the kingdom of heaven to earth by removing death and sickness and also all those who don't want him to reign over them. So in phase two, we're praying for number one, for Jesus to return. And secondly, we are to be praying daily that as we wait for his return, the kingdom of God will reign and grow in our hearts from day to day. Galatians 2.20 says, 
This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, I have been conquered by the King, by the love of the King. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. And I love this, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the gospel. That's the motivation. That's why we were conquered in the first place. And so every day we need to be asking that Christ would conquer our hearts and live in us. Your kingdom come, your will be done in me as it is in heaven. So a question I have to ask is, what does it look like when God is, when he's reigning in our hearts? And earlier last week, I was talking to one of our members. I won't give you his name. I'll give you his initials. It's A.B. And I was talking to A.B. And I love to talk to uh, church members whenever they are in the word of God and they share with what they've been hearing from God and they, they share with with what he's been showing them in the Word of God. And he was telling me that God had been telling him to be still during this season. And he told me that he went to Psalm 46. And so I went there, and when I began to read it, I realized that this is exactly what it looks like when God is reigning in our hearts. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And right now, as this kingdom is, that we're living in is shaking and trembling, everyone is looking around. Everyone is looking for a place of refuge. Everyone's looking for a safe place and strength. And you know what? Those of us who have come to Christ, those of us who are in Christ, we can proclaim, verse 1, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. In trouble. Therefore, and this is, this is what, I, what I want us to see, therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Now think about that. If the earth gives way and mountains start crumbling into the sea, someone who is controlled by God, someone who has the kingdom of God reigning in their hearts will not, according to the word of God, will not be afraid. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength. Verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. I think that's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. And then this verse 6 really relates to what's going on right now in our world. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. In other words, our God is a mighty 
warrior. And then in verse 10, he says, Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And you know, it's important for us to understand, Reach Life Church, that God has always been with His people. He's always been faithful in the past, and He's going to be faithful now, and He will be faithful in the future. And therefore, we can say as a church, we can say this confidently, if God is for us and in us, who or what can be against us? And I believe that this pandemic is a gift to the church. Um, if we will see it correctly, because, because God, I believe He wants to wake up His church. I believe that this is a wake-up call for, for the church from God. And God is calling His church to awaken and repent. And there's some questions I think that we can be asking ourselves right now. For, for one, what does God want us to see right now in the midst of this pandemic? One of the things he, he wants us to see is where is our confidence? Is it in God and His kingdom? Or is it in a kingdom of this world that can be shaken or taken away? A second thing that we can ask is, are we longing for the kingdom to come? That's a question that I've been asking myself. Am I longing for the kingdom to come? Or do I just want God to fix the current situation so we can go back to living normal lives and live comfortable lives. And you know, this is a great time for us to slow down and to examine ourselves and then to repent in faith in areas where God is addressing us. It's also a great time to seize the opportunity to be salt and light in a world that is scrambling right now for answers and a world that is looking for real hope. And Jesus is that hope. And so this is a, a wonderful time for us to be salt and life, light and to be pointing people to the Savior. There's also going to be an opportunity for us to care for one another as a church. And I want you to know that I am so encouraged right now. There have been several of you who have been asking what you can do right now. And I know we are, we are eager to care for one another. And, you know, I'm, right now I'm not aware of anyone in our church family who has tested positive for COVID-19, but some of us have already, um, already had our hours at work cut back, and some of us have already lost our jobs because of the current situation. And we are entering into a season where we are going to be given opportunities to love one another in very tangible ways. 1 John 3, 16 through 18 says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. That is the gospel. That is what love is. Jesus laying down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions 
and in truth. And I want to encourage those of us who are able to work, who still have jobs, I want to encourage us to continue to be generous, to continue to be faithful givers so that we will be able to wisely meet real needs as they arise. And above all, I want to remind us that although we're in a season of uncertainty and we don't know exactly what lies ahead, I want to remind us all that Jesus is still Lord. That is never going to change. He loves His church and He is not going to leave us. He is going to see us through till He returns or He calls us home. But we need to remember that Whatever the situation, that Jesus is still Lord and He is not going to forsake His people. And I want to encourage us to continue to pray. I want to encourage us to stay connected. We need to be texting one another. We need to be emailing one another and calling one another because there's going to be times that we all are going to need encouragement. And so I want to encourage us to stay connected. I want to encourage us to trust in God and let Him be our refuge and strength as He continues, and He's going to, as He continues to lead us in a world of uncertainty. And now may the God of peace, the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may He equip you with everything good, that you may do His will this week, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.